Praise God. Good to see everybody today. Now, when we get back, after we get back from our from our vacation, um, we will start in on some things about our vision for this next year. Amen? You know, the Bible says that without a vision, the people perish. In other words, there's no direction without a vision. You don't have anything to, to, to look forward to. We've got such exciting things to look forward to this next year. And so uh, I'm going to... Uh, there's two or three things that are already confirmed in our hearts, but while I'm on, you pray for me this week, all right? Because I'll have time to be quiet and just to relax, and and, and I'm going to be praying about our vision and how to present it, and um, you know all the details and things, and and uh, God can show me more, right? Amen. And uh, so you pray that God speaks to your pastor, and um, and, uh, and and we want God's plan, Amen. I mean, I, I could have all kinds of ideas, and so what? So could you. But we don't want just good ideas, do we? We want to follow how many believe the Lord has a plan for our church and direction. Holy Spirit, do you believe He cares about us here and what's happening? And I believe that He can give us direction that's right from the throne of God. Amen? Look at Luke 6.38. We're going to receive our offering this morning. And... Um, Words of Christ, those are always good, right? Amen. Whose idea is giving? It's, it's Jesus' idea, amen? It's God's idea. Remember what we read last Sunday at the offering time? We read John 3.16. Interesting verse to choose for the offering, isn't it? But uh, we know that I like to read that because it shows God's the original giver. Our very breath and life was given by God, amen? And I believe that, don't you? Um, and uh, so here we have the idea being followed through from Jesus. Give, and it shall be given unto you. You can't beat that with a stick, can you? Hallelujah. <laughs> we used to sing, you can't beat God giving no matter how hard you try. And we loved that song until it became the Jim Jones theme song, and then we didn't like it anymore. Because then they served Kool-Aid after that. It wasn't good. But it's a good it's good words. Uh, you can't beat God giving. It says, "Give and it shall be given unto you." Good measure, pressed down and shaken together, and running over. How 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 shall it be? And it shall, is it just when you get to heaven that you get all these blessings? No. It says, "Shall men give into your bosom?" So. For men to, to give into means that it's going to happen here in the here and now. Amen? Praise the Lord. How many believe that? How many believe that as we continue to uh, people talk about the word obedience here, I don't see it as a big problem, obe obeying this. I see it as an opportunity. Amen? For God to increase me. So it says, Shall men give unto your bosom? For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Praise the Lord. So there's a scripture for our faith. Give us faith for giving. Give us confidence in our giving today. Amen. If you're making out a check, if you will, if you haven't already, make it out to Grace Harvest Church. And uh, if you would fill out the envelope, if you're giving cash and you want credit for your offering, you need to fill out the envelope. Otherwise, you know, the, the, the ladies in the office will have to pray in tongues over the money to see if they can see where it came from. Amen. And we used to always say, write legibly, don't write in other tongues, hoping for the translation. 
Glory to God. We're Pentecostal, but that's ridiculous, right? Okay. Glory to God. All right. Uh, brothers, if you'll come. Hallelujah. And um, I'll pray and we'll receive the offering. Father, we thank you for your goodness, your mercy and grace. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity that we have today to give in the gospel harvest work. And Lord, we thank you that as we give, we expect it to be given back to us, good measure, pressed together, running over. And we give you glory and honor and praise for every gift and every giver in Jesus' name. Amen. Be blessed in your giving. Jesus, I'll never forget what you've done for me. Go ahead and stand when you're done. Forget how you set me free. Jesus, I'll never forget how you brought me out. Jesus, I'll never forget, no, never. He's done so much for me that I cannot tell it all. I cannot tell it all. I cannot tell it all. He's done so much for me that I cannot tell it all. He has taken my sins away. How can I forget what you've done for me? How can I forget how you set me free? How can I forget how you brought me out? How can I forget? No, never. And Jesus, I'll never forget what you've done for me. Jesus, I'll never forget how you set me free. Jesus, I'll never forget how you brought me out. Jesus, I'll never forget, no, never. We are a Pentecostal church, I think you can tell by our music. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> All right. Turn in your Bibles. Glory to God. I'm happy to be here today. Well, thank you. That's nice. I want you to turn to John 14, please. And we're going to begin reading in verse 1. And I'm preaching this morning on empowerment. Um, I was talking to Cherie uh, this week, and I said, you know, it's easy for us in church life. How many we have a church life? We come to church, we fellowship, and we, we worship together, and we pray together, and we listen to the Word and, and care for one another. So we have a church life, but it's easy in our church life to... To almost become focused only on God meeting our personal needs. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, Jesus died on the cross to deliver us and redeem us from all all that's bad. Hallelujah. Amen. We're redeemed. Anything you can think of bad and you're redeemed from it by Jesus. Amen. So, praise God that we can go to the throne and get our needs met. Amen. We can pray. We don't even have to wait for church. We don't have to wait for the pastor to pray for us. We can just pray at home. Amen. In the car, uh, going into the door of work or whatever we do, we can, we can receive the blessings of the Lord. We can receive 
uh, God's uh, hand touching us, amen, delivering us. And we can know that He's touched us even if we don't have a feeling with it. Amen. So, uh, like I said, we are a Pentecostal church, but one thing that we don't want to become is a feelings church. In other words, thank God when we sense His presence. Thank God when we sense His touch. But, you know, whether we sense it or not, we have faith that He's heard us. Jesus said, I thank you, Father, that you hear me always when I pray. So we thank God that He hears us when we pray, whether we had an electric shock or not. Amen? So we don't want to get so so involved with uh, with experience that we have to have an experience every time we try to use our faith or pray. If you do that, you're going to be disappointed. And what about when you have an experience that's negative? <laughs> then that's bad too, right? So we don't base our faith on how we feel. Uh, I'm sorry, my Sunday school teachers, bless their darling hearts, but sometimes they answered our questions wrong. I asked one time as a child, how do I know that I'm saved? How do I know that Jesus is my Lord? Well, it would have been nice if she would have said, well, because John 3.16 says, uh, you know, that whosoever believed in Him would not perish but everlasting life. But instead I got told, well, you can feel Him in your heart. Well, what about the day that comes when you don't feel Him in your heart? You know, what if you don't feel Him? And then you're, then you're threatened. Then you have fear. Well, maybe the Holy Spirit's left me. So then you're at the altar on Sunday nights begging God, don't leave me. Don't, you know, whatever, all that stuff. That's, that feeds doubt and unbelief, folks. So, you know, I'm, boy, I love to shout and praise the Lord. And, you know, if it's appropriate, you get excited enough, if you want to run the aisles, that's fine too. Just don't put a hole in the wall. I was at a church where they did that. A friend of mine had holes in the wall. I, 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 if you put a hole in my wall, in our walls, we'll send you a bill. Praise the Lord. You can shout, but you're going to get a bill. Praise the Lord for the sheetrock repair. Amen. Right? Hallelujah. So no holes in the wall. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm all for shouting and running and praising God and, you know, rejoicing. Hallelujah. That's a great thing to do. But, you know, on the other hand, if you don't feel like shouting, you don't feel like running, that's fine too. Amen? Because our faith, what did we just sing? Our hope is built on, on nothing but the blood, nothing but the Jesus, uh, Jesus, nothing but the finished work. Praise the Lord. So we thank God for God meeting our needs. We thank God that we can come and have be encouraged mutual faith. But on the other hand... Uh, our purpose in being Christians isn't to get our needs met. thought I'd tell you that. Our purpose in being a Christian is to reach out to others. And real fulfillment doesn't really come from your prayers being answered. Real, real fulfillment comes when you are sharing the gospel and reaching out to others. So everybody here is called to be a minister. Not everybody here is called to be the pastor. Not everybody here is called to preach the sermons, you know, in a public setting. But everybody is called to be a minister of the love of God. Did you know that? Everyone is called to be a gospel messenger. And everyone is called to do the works of Christ. And that's what we're going to look at today. Amen? And uh, you'll find, I, I heard one preacher say, a, fr a friend of ours, a well-known fellow though, he said, 
do you know what the definition of poverty is? A poverty mind or a poverty spirit. And the definition of poverty is when all you can think about is your need being met. And so you become just sort of inward instead of thinking of, of how can I get my need met is, Lord, use me to meet someone else's need. One preacher said, I was always looking for the man with the pitcher of water to fill my glass. And instead, I said, Lord, make me the man with the pitcher of water. It's a higher place, isn't it? Hallelujah. And so that's what we want to all pray. That's the vision and direction. One thing about our vision is we're, we're a church that spreads the gospel here and around the world. Amen? Glory to God. So we're not going to just be a little country club. And nobody here I know wants that. We want to be an outreach you know, and I found I find out that so many of you 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 do ministry uh, outside this four walls of this church, and that blesses me. Nothing could make me happier as your pastor than to know that you are taking the gospel from here and touching lives one at a time or ten at a time or whatever. I know that Ruby Ann and Frank they minister in the nursing home, and I don't know if anyone here goes with you, but praise God, you know, thank God Debbie goes. Well, Debbie, what are you going to do? Praise the Lord. You have to drive. It's a long ways to drive back for the nursing home ministry. You know? But uh, praise God. You know, thank God for that. That's the idea right there. We have a couple. There's an idea, amen, of doing something to reach out and touch somebody else. So let's just see what Jesus said here. How many like that? John 14, 1. Jesus said, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. That's something you can just choose to do. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Now, I want to just make a note here. Those verses there, we've always read them in you know terms of our heavenly home amen there's a you know i have a mansion in glory land we used to sing lord build me a cabin in the corner of glory land but you're going to get more than a cabin praise the lord we we thought so we ended up we ended up in a cabin on the church of god campground and maybe thought that was our heavenly home but it wasn't they tore it down but uh so it proved not to be the one but we don't have to just believe God for a cabin on the on the Pentecostal campground. But we, Amen. But we can believe, you know, we can expect that God's going to do abundantly above all we could ask or think for our eternal home. How many believe that? How many are looking forward to that? And that's a great thing. But you know, Jesus is talking about something deeper than that here. He said. I'm going to go and prepare a place that where I am, there you may be also. The Bible tells us that He became what we were so that we could become what He is now. Amen. He is seat. And where is this heavenly home? Do you think it's over there in Ephesians where it says, seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, far above all principalities, power, and might? This heavenly home that He's talking about Yes, I believe it's our heavenly mansion and so forth. But for the here and now, we it's a place, spiritual home, a spiritual place 
that He has uh, prepared for us. He said He's going to prepare it for us to live and dwell and walk in. Amen? A place of... How many believe Jesus has got power? And Jesus has got authority. And we live and dwell in that place. I told Sheree, we, we, we sometimes late at night, you know, we'll be flipping through our iPad and I'll start listening to gospel music and things and different. then we flip through Christian television. Praise the Lord. We thank God for all of them. God bless them all. However, that being said, there is so little preaching that you hear anywhere on the believer's authority. It's just shocking to me how little that uh, we are encouraged to, to know who we are in Christ, to know what we have in Christ, and how to skillfully use that power and authority. Amen. If we're still just praying little, little prayers, Lord, touch me, Lord, bless me, Lord, help me, we haven't progressed very far. We need to know, praise God, that with as Jesus is seated in a place of authority, so are we. Amen. We can begin, folks, to speak to our circumstances. We can begin to speak if there's symptoms in our body. We can begin to speak to those and say, the life of God is operating in you. Amen. Look at yourself in the mirror and talk to your body. Tell, point like this to yourself, you know, and say, hey, you, body, you're not in charge. But I'm in charge. Who is me? The spirit man on the inside. I'm in charge of things here. And I have been given this authority by Jesus. So little authority talk in Christian world. So little talk about who we are in Christ. And folks, that's where your strength is. That's where your victory is. Can you say amen? I love it when uh, I, I remember there was a, a man that was that uh, Shri and I, you know, we've we've been on the road forever. <laughs> seems like, and we were in a church up in uh, North Dakota. God help us, praise the Lord. And uh, actually, it was on the Minnesota side of the river there, and. Uh, we're in a church there, and this man came, and he had a trucking company, and he was on the verge of bankruptcy, and, you know, his, his business was in trouble, and, of course, this was affecting his marriage and all kinds of problems. You understand that uh, can be a very stressful time, a very stressful situation. If anybody's ever been through business uh, problems or it looks like a failure. And so he's very concerned. He's upset. He wants me to agree with him in prayer. I said, sure, I'll pray with you about that. And he's just down. Anybody ever seen a man just down? I mean, this poor guy, he can't hardly speak. You know, just tears and he's choked and he can't do anything. And he's paralyzed by fear. He's paralyzed by this circumstance. And I said to him, a little faith lesson here. Is that all right in the middle of our preaching? And I said to him, I said, brother, I want you to, to, to stand up, lift up your head, look like somebody that Jesus has redeemed. And I want you to begin with a voice of authority to speak to your business and talk to it. And so he did. You know, praise God, He I finally got him. I kind of badgered him into, into, into stop crying and start speaking the truth 
praise God, over his situation. And, uh, you know, he did, and he got the victory, and I don't know what happened to him because we were in the car and the trailer the next day and leaving, you know, to go somewhere south, praise God, where it's warmer. It can be cold there in the summer at night. You need a sweater in the summer. But, um, you know, we, we, we were able to get him to, to operate. So when, when, it said, when Jesus here says, prepare a place for you, uh, that's where we are living in Christ today. We don't have to wait to get to heaven to have the victory. We don't have to wait till we get over yonder, as we used to sing, to shout and praise the Lord. We can shout now. Because Jesus has done it all. All right, so there's that. And then uh, he says, finally, in verse 4, Whether I go, you know, the, you know how I go, and the way you know. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not. <laughs> Would you love that? Thank you, Thomas. I'm sure Jesus thought, thank you. I've been traveling with you now for three years and, and teaching you everything I know, and this is you don't know anything. He has not a clue. Thomas basically said, Lord, we have not a clue. We haven't a clue what you're talking about. He says, we know not whether thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus said unto him, I am the way, Einstein. Oh, no, he didn't say that. It's implied. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you had known me, you should have known my Father also. And from henceforth you know him and have seen him. In other words, if you've seen Jesus, what did he say about himself? You've seen me do what? Forgive sins, heal the sick, uh, open the eyes of the blind, uh, multiply uh, loaves and fishes, turn uh, water into wine. You've seen me do these great miracles You've seen me uh, operate in the power and the will of God. Amen? Every, the Bible says everywhere he went, he was doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. There he goes stomping. You know, I'm, I'm getting on the... We're almost got all eight cylinders running when I start stomping. Yeah, pray. thank you. See, that helps. Glory. Now I'll kick my leg. Haven't done that in a few years. From henceforth you know Him and have seen Him. You've seen Him because you've seen me. Hallelujah. Well, every church in town, from Episcopalian down to the United Pentecostal, and everything in between, that's a, bad, that's a big range there, isn't it? Every church in town would agree about this concerning God. They would agree about this concerning Jesus. Amen. You can say great things about God and great things about Jesus. But when it comes to believers, then a lot of churches want to, and preachers and places want to talk about what worms we are. Sing a worm song. Or some other intervertebrae song. But uh, Philip said unto him, he's, Philip still didn't get it. I think Thomas and Philip had collaborated, actually. They had talked. They're going to this upon him. He said, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long time with you, 
And yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He says, well, we're not talking about you. We're talking about the Father. You're talking about the Father. He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Now, again, we're talking about the Father and the Son, but what about you? What about me? What are we? What are we? What are we? Well, Jesus is going to show us. Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me. Everybody notice the words, dwelleth in me. He doeth the works. Folks, we are not detached. Jesus was not detached from the life of the Father. And we are not detached from the life of the Son. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branch. The same life that's in the, the branch, that's in the, the branch is in the vine. It's in the root. Amen? Praise God. He said, the Father that dwelleth in me. See, there's the key word. He does the works. Brother Hagen used to say to us all the time, you need to have a, a, a daily consciousness, an awareness of God, of, of His indwelt presence. Amen. He's in us all the time. He's not. He doesn't just show up at the service and bless us, but He's in us. Everywhere we go, we carry God inside of us. Amen. Believe me, that I'm in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you. So that would point to your neighbor and say, that means you. Help point to yourself and say, that means me. Amen. He that believeth on me. How many here are believers on Christ? Amen. That means you. So what are the qualifications for doing the works of Christ? Now, Paul said, and we sometimes get into discussions on this, Paul said that the qualifications for leadership, he gives, he gives a, a secondary level of qualifications for leadership. Did you know that? Amen. There's some, there's some stipulations, there's some things that need to be followed there. But when it comes to just being a believer, when it comes to just doing the works of Christ as a believer, there's only one qualification, and here it is, He that believeth on me. We like to use this illustration. You know, if you let's say you had a out here on the in the water somewhere, we've got we got all kinds of water around us here, don't we? And uh, you could be on a on a boat, just floating around out there, and uh, some guy falls off and dr and is drowning in the water, can't swim. He doesn't really care who throws the life preserver. Somebody, please throw it. Well, so, you know, the church world, we see, we tend to grab people and go, okay, you are not qualified yet to throw anything, so be, just let them drown while we qualify everybody. But, no, as far as presenting the, the gospel, just the gospel portion, the story of God, the story of Jesus and His Son and how you can believe on Him and receive eternal life, that gospel message and doing the works of Christ, healing the sick, casting out devils, and all those things, praise God, that's the believer's ministry. Not the pastor's ministry. By It is the pastor's ministry in the sense that he's a believer. Hopefully he's a believer. Amen. 
some places you wonder, you know. It's always good to have be a believer first, then a pastor. But, you know, whatever. But uh, these things, you know, even even on healing ministry in America, it, it's an American thing. It's, it's, it's weird. It's not this way around the world. It's an American problem. That we even turn healing ministry into something special. That only a special person is anointed, you know, to heal the sick. And actually, every believer is anointed to heal the sick. Now, we thank God for those with, that have specialized in that and have made it a point. They're a blessing. Amen? Let's get people healed every which way. So I'm for all of it. So I'm not belittling anyone. But I'm telling you, we almost have this attitude in the church. Well, oh, well, he's getting people healed. He's got a special ministry. When actually, it's regular ministry. Amen. Getting people healed, getting people delivered, set free is regular ministry. You don't have a special deliverance ministry. Maybe you focus on that, whatever, praise, praise God. But it, it, every believer, I'm showing you this right here, amen. Jesus said, he that believeth on me. Are you a believer today? This is your ministry. The works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do because I go unto my Father. Now, there are not going to be greater works in terms of quality, are there? Because you can't get any better <laughs> uh, work than what Jesus did. He raised the dead, praise God. That's pretty good. Amen. He opened blind eyes. People that had been born blind and never had seen. You know, He opened their eyes. Amen. He cleansed the lepers. So you're not going to get any more quality. In other words, whole is whole. Healed is healed. Amen. I believe everything God does is good and excellent. Don't you? And of the highest quality. So it's not greater. We, we see the word greater and we think, greater in terms of quality. It's not greater in terms of quality, but it can be greater in terms of quantity if you look at the entire body of Christ. Because Jesus had three and a half years to minister, and we've had a couple of thousand now. Amen. And we've got millions of believers. And if we could get every believer just to see this, what a difference it would make in the world. Amen. People say, well, you need to pray very hard that God gives you a healing ministry. Ah, too late. He already gave it to me. Amen. Right here. He gave me this healing ministry by... Uh, and, and then you've ever heard preachers say, well, you, if you want a healing ministry or a miracle, you've got to have to really pay the price. You've got to really... What does that mean? Pay the price. Probably has something to do with some works program or something they want you to do. Their list of do's and don'ts. I guarantee you that's what's behind it. But... Uh, uh, no, I don't have to pay any price for anointing or power. Jesus paid the price for the anointing and power. Amen? All I have to do is receive it by faith. That's why He's telling them. Glory to God. Is this helping you? Now, I'll tell you something. There, there, God wants to meet all of your needs and answer your desires of your heart, all those things. Amen? And he'll, 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 uh, you can have faith for it, for all kinds of things. Even material things. That's alright. Praise God. 
I rejoice with you. Amen. You get something new, I'll be the first one to rejoice with you and thank God for, for it. Amen. Hope you enjoy it. But I'll tell you what. There is no house or no car or piece of jewelry or money in the bank that fulfills your heart like seeing someone come to Christ. Like seeing someone receive a healing or a blind eyes open. Let me illustrate for you. I was in Brazil. I may have told the story here already, but I'm going to tell it again because it's worth telling. And this is just one testimony. I could be here for days telling you testimonies. But just one testimony. And it's a testimony to God's grace, not nothing to do with me other than that I was there to, to see it. But I'm preaching in Brazil and it's, uh, you know, they've got me going. You know, I'm there like two weeks, sometimes three weeks. Preached there for seven years off and on, you know, in Brazil like four, what, four times a year, every couple of months or so, three months I'm down there. And they've got me preaching four to six services a day. By the third service, I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. You know, I mean, it's like you just wear out. It's the last night of the last, it's the last service, the last night of the last group of meetings. And I want to leave there so bad, you have no idea. Oh, Brother Horton, we thought your heart would be bleeding. I had bled out. There was no blood left. I looked like a piece of meat that the blood's all gone. It's gray now, you know, understand. That's how I felt. It's like, just get me to the hotel and get me to the airport. And uh, so I'm going through the motions of the meeting to show you how much God will honor His Word. It isn't about the preacher. I said it isn't about the preacher. It's about the gospel. It's about the Holy Ghost. It's about Jesus. And so I'm, you know, <laughs> preaching the gospel. And, and then I prayed a mass, what I call a mass prayer, because who didn't lay hands on anybody? You know, it's too many people and all so forth. And got to always get in the car and go to the next meeting. So I, you know, I said, put your hand where you're suffering. Jesus will touch you. And I prayed that. And uh, people are healed that way. Praise God. And uh, we started taking testimonies. This, this mother brings her 11-year-old son to the front. He was blind since he was a small child. He's still a small child. But he was, you know, in most of his childhood he had been blind. He was some kind of a congenital disease that was in that family because uh, her other two children at home were blind as well. Isn't that something? But this little boy, she brought up and he's just bright and shining and, and just the cutest kid you ever saw. And, and, and we're testing him. The mother's testing him. And his eyes popped open in that service. He was there. He came blind and went home seeing. And the joy on that mother's face can you imagine how a mother would feel? Her little 11-year-old son is blind and now can see. Amen. That's the works of Christ. That's what the gospel does. And I tell you what, there, there's, no, there's, no, there's no offering, there's no honorarium, there's no money, there's no gold watch. There's nothing that takes the place of the fulfillment in your heart of that. You go, my entire trip and all this effort and sweat equity and everything put into this was worth it if all we did was get that one boy seen. Amen. But there was more than that. But, I mean, thank God for it. Amen. Can you see what motivates us and drives us? 
praise God. Folks, I don't care how young you are or how old you are. You can have an entire Christian life of being totally thrilled. I, that, that song, It Is Joy Unspeakable and Full of Glory, isn't supposed to be just at the end of a, of a, of a cranked up revival service. That, that's supposed to be the story of our lives. Hallelujah. Our Christian life isn't the hard old rocky way. You know, right? If you well, it's a hard old rocky way. But when we get over yonder, no, don't, don't, don't ever say that to me, because I might just lay hands on you suddenly and pray for you for a while. And say, in the name of Jesus, be delivered. It's not a hard old rocky way. It's a, it's a joy unspeakable and full of glory. But I'm telling you what, it isn't just getting your needs met personally that brings that. And suddenly you go, golly, look at how well God is supplying for me. Look at what God's doing for us. How can we not want to tell everybody that we meet about the goodness of God? Amen? It's a wonderful thing to share the gospel. So it's not just sharing, you know, three steps to salvation or what the Romans wrote or the whatever, four spiritual laws. Those are great places to start. But it's not that. It's, it's, it's more than that. It's setting the captives free. You know, in um, a turn, and you know, we can, we can get into more scriptures on this at another time, but turn to 2 Corinthians. I want to show you something. Uh, show you the word. 2 Corinthians 5. You get anything out of this today? How many know what I mean about the joy? Have you ever led anybody to the Lord? It's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Like you were used by God to help take somebody from being totally bound by Satan and darkness into the marvelous light. Amen? We sing sometimes there's a... You know, there's been a big change in me. I've been changed. I've been, you know, fixed up. And that's great. We want to sing that and shout that. But on the other hand, it's more exciting when God uses us to change somebody else. Folks, we have to look at the world spiritually. I said we have to. And see. And, and then God gives us compassion for people. And... Uh, a wonderful thing. I'm going to give you a testimony here in a second about that. 2 Corinthians 5. Um, and I want you to look at this word, verse 20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. That's what we are, folks. We are ambassadors for not only beseeching people to be reconciled to God, but showing them the power of God. Now, my wife and I, we were, we had a, we had a, a man, a family that was brought. I don't know if God brought them into our lives or we, we in, stepped into theirs one way or the other for about five years. Um, and this man was a billionaire with a B. Praise the Lord. The, the B, if you're going to have an M or a B, the B is better. Hallelujah. But he was a billionaire and he had this family 
private resort thing and had invited us and, and, and at one time some other ministers, but this time it was just just us. And we're there, and I think on this trip, maybe, I don't know, were you along with me on the, the, with the Pamela? Maybe my son Chris was with me. We were, they brought him in to be the fishing guide, praise the Lord. So we're there, and, you know, sort of private ministry. You know, they had invited us to come up and be a part of this. And so we go there, and there was an English woman. Now, this is an interesting thing about what does evangelism look like. Does it look like a mass crusade? Certainly it can. Amen. Does it look like a tent revival? It can be that. Amen. Does it look like somebody on TV? Sure. Praise the Lord. All kinds of ways to share the gospel. But it can just be something like this. So we're there and we're at dinner. And actually, this man that I'm telling you about, he had died by then, and his family had invited me to continue to come. So we're there, and this woman knows I'm a minister because I'm introduced as one. And I'm just eating dinner and just talking. I'm not standing up at the table and taking over with everything. Just, just, just being nice. How about start there as a Christian? Could you just be nice to people and smile at them? Imagine if a Christian had a smile on their face. Wouldn't that be a miracle? That's the beginning. This is the beginning of miracles. God turned a frown into a smile. He's, you know. But uh, just being nice to people and talking and so forth. Not not necessarily, you know, some big announcement. That's what evangelism can look like. This woman, she's British. And she was a Hollywood producer, honest to God. She'd worked with Tom Hanks and all these people. And so she was interesting, and she had been in this in the movie business since the 40s, and now she's about 80 years old or near there, and and uh, she's got her pearls, and you know she's the typical, you know she chain smoked. She talks like this, she did, <laughs> you know, and uh, and she's coughing and, and 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 twirling her pearls. How many like this story? This is amazing. And, and her husband was a member of the Royal Air Force and had, you know, was a decorated pilot for Great Britain during World War II. And so they're very interesting. And so they're staying in a guest cottage. And, and uh, after dinner one night, she comes to me and says, Reverend Horton, I want to invite you to our cottage to, uh, we have a question to ask you. I said, okay, great. I'll stop by. So I'm thinking, yes, this is going to be evangelism. I just feel it, you know, because she got interested in the things of God. So we, I went, I went there to her, to their little living room of their cottage, and this place, and sat down. And she says, Christopher, that was her, her husband. She says, Christopher and I, <laughs> and she's coughing them, Jane smoking. She says, uh, we have a question about our eternal souls. I thought, bingo, bing, all the bells go off. Here we go. Evangelism to British movie people. Don't you love it? She says, um, we don't know where we will go when we die. We thought we should find out. Can you enlighten us? <laughs> and I said, yes, I'll be happy to. I shared the gospel with them in just a few minutes. And at the end, I said, you know, uh, the Bible says that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Would you like 
to call on the name of the Lord for salvation. I can lead you in that prayer. She says, oh, would you be so kind to do that? And Yes, we believe. And so I took them and, 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 and I prayed the sinner's prayer with them and they accepted Jesus and we all had our eyes closed. And when I opened my eyes, tears were running down their face, gloriously saved. What was it, six months later? Six months later, her husband, he died of you know of natural causes of old age. And he died. And later we were visiting with her in her home in Hollywood, in, 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 uh, in Los Angeles. And, and uh, she, with tears, said, thank you. I don't know what, how you were so kind to take time to share the good news of Jesus with us, the gospel. She says, and now my Christopher is in heaven. She says, what would I do? if I thought that he didn't make it. Isn't that something? God knew this. God God arranged it. I believe God arranged the whole trip just for them. Praise God. They said we had been they were Episcopalian. They said we'd been in church our entire lives and nobody shared with us how to receive Christ. How to become a believer and yet we were hungry for God. Folks, there are people like that, I believe, right here in, 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 in Tampa, St. Pete, Clearwater area, I believe there's people right here that are by the millions that are like that. Not everybody that's a sinner is the devil. Not everybody that's a sinner is anti-Christ and anti-God. There's a few outspoken ones, so we assume that every you know that if they're sinners, they're bad. But Jesus died for the ungodly. And the more ungodly they are, the more they qualify. Think about it. People need the Lord. And we are Christ's ambassadors. So you have a purpose today. Amen? You have a reason for being here. And that is to share the goodness and love of God. Now, guess what? Well, what about my problems? I want to hear a sermon about my problems. Well, here's one. Paul, uh, Paul, God help us, Jesus. God, Paul is not God. God turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. You could say when, when, when Job finally stopped. I mean, you want to get bored quick. Read all of Job's lamentations. They're just boring after a while. It's like, okay, we know your sad story. Shut up. Because he just winds on chapter after chapter about his boils and his problems. Do you want to go, I don't know, Job. No wonder his wife said, I used to be mad at her and now I kind of relate to her. No wonder she said, just curse God and die, man, dear Lord. She had had it with him. And she says, you know, I just, I just, why don't you just die? You're just so pathetic. But he just winded on and on chapter after chapter after verse after verse about his problems. And finally, he gets a clue. And it says when he, he prayed for his friends, he finally just said, I don't think there's any hope for me. I'll pray for somebody else. When he did, bam, God uh, turned his captivity and his healing and his miracle came. Amen? Reach out to somebody. You say, well, I'm kind of having a hard time. Well, reach out to somebody that's having a harder time. I guarantee you, you can find them. And, uh, and, and watch what God does in your life. All of a sudden, you, you realize, hey, that problem left. You get busy working for Jesus. Amen? Does that help you today? There's a clue to 
active faith. Say, well, you know, I want to put corresponding action with my faith. Well, then why don't you act like it's done? Amen? What it is you need, I'm just going to, like Brother Hagin used to say, I'm going to act like the Bible so. I like that, don't you? I'm going to act like the Bible so. All right, praise the Lord. We're going to receive communion today. Uh, if you'll turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 11. And, and here's an opportunity for you to receive something from God. Amen? You need healing today? You feel you need forgiveness from sin, whatever it is? Just receive it by faith right here. Amen? Jesus uh, was crucified not for Himself or for heaven or for God. He was crucified for you. Crucified for me. Amen? He bore our sins and sicknesses on His body on the tree that we could be saved and healed and delivered today. 1 Corinthians 11 are, are the verses. And so let's read them through and then uh, um, I'll invite our brothers to come and we'll, we'll uh, serve the communion uh, to you. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which He was betrayed, verse 23, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup. When he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death. Amen. Today, as you receive the elements, the, the bread and, and, uh, and the wine, as you take that unto the Lord, make sure that you are discerning the Lord. Amen. Discerning, understanding. He did this for you. In this, we are commemorating His death, His burial, and His resurrection. Can you say praise the Lord? All right, brothers, you can come. After we're all served, we'll take communion together. Amen. blood that Jesus shed for me way back on Calvary the blood that gives me strength from day to day it will never lose its power For it reaches to the highest mountain And it flows from the lowest 
Rest Valley The blood that gives me strength from day to day It will never lose its power It suits my doubts and calms my fears and it tries all every tear that I could cry the blood that gives me strength from day to day it will never lose its power for it reaches to the highest mountain and it flows to the lowest valley the blood that gives me strength from day to day. It will never lose. It will never lose. It will never lose. It's power. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's take this bread. When he'd given thanks, Jesus broke it and said, Take eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Amen. His body was broken that you could have healing today. Amen. And then... After the same manner, he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. Thank you, Lord, for the blood of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, Raleigh and Debbie, I'd like for you to come down here. We're going to pray for you. Amen. We're not sending you anywhere. We're just praying a blessing over you. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. Pastor Bob, would you come and help me here? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Pastor uh, Leon and Jeannie, would you come? Would you come and help us here? Lift your hands this way in the congregation. Why don't you stand, in fact? Amen. Let's thank God for this couple. They've been so faithful. They've been such a help and a blessing here. Amen. So we're gonna we are sending them out in the sense to be ambassadors where they go. But we're not gonna let go of them, amen. They're still a part of our church here and will always be by faith. Amen. So amen. Well, let's just pray for them. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for Raleigh 
and for Debbie. Lord, we thank you for their commitment to you, to the Word, to, to the life of God. We thank you, Lord, for what they've meant to this church. Lord, we thank you for all their service, all their giving, all their, all their support, everything that they've done, their love, their concern, uh, their sacrifices, perhaps, that were made and going the extra miles. Lord, we thank you. We send them out in faith. Lord, use them in a special way and bless them wherever they go, that they'll be an ambassador of your love. And this message was perfect for them today, Lord, that they will be Christ's ambassadors wherever they go. And uh, we, we praise you for them, Lord. We speak extra blessing, extra favor, supernatural doors of utterance opening to them and use them for your glory. We thank you, Lord, that all their needs will always be supplied. We thank you, Lord, for the abundant life of Christ upon them and in them. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Would you like to say something? Yeah, I just want to... It's been nine years since I've been here, and Debbie was here, I don't know how many years before that. She's been here a long time. But uh, just want to thank you all for making us so welcome. Uh, Pastor Leon and Jeannie have helped immensely, and... And recently, Brother Horton and Cherie and Pastor Bob and his wife, we've learned a lot, you know, from all of you. I'm really going to miss it. And uh, I just took pictures of everybody. So next week, I can, if we don't find a church, I'll just put it on and show the whole church. So uh, we'll miss you all. And just want to thank you all for all your love over the years and, and uh, for everything. Anything you have to say, Debbie? Actually, they are tears of joy because we know that um, the Lord will be in us. But, again, you guys are family to us. Always have been, you know, with my family being so far in California. But we love you and our prayers and safe journey and, and Ruby especially. You know, keep that ministry going. And she's been a blessing to me. And I've already got a couple places lined up. So I know we will be busy. But, again, we're going to stay in touch. You know, it's it's like 10 hours away. So it's drivable, doable, and we yeah. do want to come back and forth. And we want you to visit. Give me about six, seven weeks undo boxes. We have a guest room for people to come. So please come and see us. You're all welcome. So we love you. And I'm going to set up my laptop uh, in the uh, foyer there, and we have places of where pictures of where we're moving to. I'll put them on a slideshow. And uh, uh, Brother uh, Prophecy Preacher, Brother Pace emailed and said he wanted to make it today, but he couldn't. So I emailed him back. He'd be welcome to come up and stay. Let's give him a hand. Praise the Lord. Amen. And uh, don't forget there's a special little going away ceremony, right, in the back and a cake and I think and some things uh, for you. So... Uh, God bless you. Let's uh, let's sing one closing song and then we can be dismissed. Amen. Praise the Lord. And it reaches to the high.